Heavenly Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you'll move on this listener right now in your gentle, loving, powerful, and merciful way as they listen to this message from All Nations Church in Tallahassee. Amen. You can take your Bibles this morning and turn to Luke chapter 2. I'm going to talk to you about the hope of Christmas is joy. We can have joy in our heart regardless of our circumstances or situations. If you didn't receive an outline when you came in, hold up your hand. The ushers will get one to you. Outline's also available on the church app. Thanks to all of you who are here this morning, and thanks to you that are joining us online today. We pray that God will continue to minister hope and peace and grace and joy into your heart this morning. Luke chapter 2, verse 10, the angel of the Lord said to them, speaking of his announcement to the shepherds, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. Hear that again. I bring you good tidings, good news of great joy, which will be to all people. We live in a joyless world. We live in a world of confusion and chaos, a world where joy isn't even discussed. It's not even a hope for or aspired to. Because joy only comes from Jesus Christ. We can't find joy any other place. Or we can find happiness. We can buy a new car and we're so happy until we see 27 others just like it on the highway. We can buy a new house and we're so happy until 60 days later that forced mortgage payment is due. We can change jobs and we're so happy until the first time the boss reprimands us. We try to find joy in external circumstances, but we never will. Because external circumstances are dependent upon happiness and circumstances. Joy is a gift that came with the birth of Jesus Christ. There should be deep and abiding in our hearts and in our lives. Good news of great joy to all men. No one's excluded from the gift. The invitation is to everyone around the world at all times and every generation. It's a sad shame that so many have never availed themselves to this priceless gift that only comes through Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. John chapter 1, verse 14. Now John, when he's talking about the coming of Christ, gives us a 35,000 feet view. Luke went into great detail. Matthew went into detail. John doesn't do that. John says, I'm going to tell you in a thumbnail what his coming is all about. And in verse 14 of John chapter 1, he says these words, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. The Word is Jesus' eternal name. He was there when the worlds were formed. By his word, everything that is was spoken into existence. He is the word from all eternity, from beginning to end, before and after. He is the word. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father. And I love this last phrase, full of grace and truth. So you need the grace of God to bring you to Christ then you need the truth of God to keep you in Christ. He's full of grace and he's full of truth. That's great news to you and me today, especially when we lived in such a commercialized world that we can get lost in the gifts, the decorations, the parties, the trees, 
on and on and on, and we miss the focus of this season. And that focus is Jesus Christ. It's not what's under the tree, it was what was in the manger that we need to focus on and remember. Jesus was born, came to this world as a man to bring hope and peace and joy to all mankind. And that's the reason I can tell you today there is a joy that is not circumstantial. There is a joy that is not dependent upon your current state. There is a joy that is unspeakable, and as the old hymn says, full of glory. There's a joy that we can't even begin to express. Let me give you a couple of scenarios. Now, if what I'm talking about and what I described in just a moment makes you joyful, then I want you to stand, okay? You got it? If something I'm saying right now makes you joyful, I want you to stand. Don't be shy. Don't be afraid. I won't call you out unless your name is Pastor Salim. All right, here we go. You're in the Starbucks line, and you pull up to pay, and they tell you the car in front of you paid for your drink. Does that make you joyful? Stand. Come on, stand. That makes you happy. Stand up. Ah, there's a few honest ones in the building. I love it. Thank you. You may be seated. How about this one? This is an absolute impossibility in Tallahassee, but I'm going to say it anyway because it would probably make you joyful. You wake up on Christmas morning, you've had four inches of fresh snow. Who would that make joyful? Oh, there you go. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. There you go. And you'll love that until you have to shovel that snow. Then that joy may evaporate. Or how about this one? This is for parents, really. Or no, anyone. Your children, your teen and adolescent children, give you a very lavish Christmas gift. Would that make you joyful? Stand if it would. Make you joyful. Stand if it would. All right, very good. Very good. Now keep standing. I'm not finished yet. And you are expressing your thanks to them. And you say, I don't know how you ever afforded to buy this over-the-top gift. And that child or children says to you, well, we got it on Amazon and it was free. They used your account to buy it. Yeah, the joy kind of leaks away then, doesn't it? So we need to understand that the joy of the Lord is not dependent on our circumstance. It isn't dependent on if someone does something nice for us or if we have a white Christmas. Our joy is constant and consistent. It's there when we're on the top, and it's there when we're discouraged. It's there when we feel like we're winning, and it's there when we feel like we're losing. It's there when we have all the answers, and it's there when we have none of the answers. The joy of the Lord does not ebb and flow circumstantially. Jesus came to bring good news of great joy to all men. It's for all of us. And as to find that joy and to live in that joy, we have to fix our eyes on him. Acknowledge him. Let him do something great in our lives. I've come to tell you this morning, the joy of Lord is not fake. It's not something you have to conjure up. It's not something you can think into existence. It is not mind over matter. Joy of the Lord doesn't ebb and flow circumstantially. Matter of fact, I want to tell you something. There's a lot of people that will tell you 
Put a smile on your face and fake it till you make it. Would you please show me that in the Word? It's not there. Say it till you see it. Show me that in the Word. It's not there. Declare it and claim it and it'll come to pass. Show me that in the Word. Folks, I've come to tell you this morning that joy of the Lord, the joy of the Lord is not fake. It's not something we think into existence. It isn't something that we can cause to happen in our life. The joy of the Lord is a gift from God. And it came through His Son, Jesus Christ. So we don't have to fake anything. I'm going to liberate you, some of you right now. I'm going to set you free with this statement. You need to understand that there will be times in your life when the circumstances are completely against you and life gets tough. There may be times in your life when you don't have a pasted-on smile. But that doesn't mean you don't have the joy of the Lord. Why do I say that? I say that because if you read Nehemiah chapter 8, the people are hearing the word of God for the first time, and they were so sorrowful because they hadn't heard it in so long. Do you know what Nehemiah said? He said, don't be sorry, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Oh, somebody needs to hear that this morning. You may not have a smile on your face. You not, may not feel the best. You may be wrestling with bad news. It doesn't mean the joy is gone. It means it's just not on your face, but it's in your heart. And in your heart, there's where you find strength. Love the way you're shouting now. The joy of the Lord is your strength. It is not circumstantial. Habakkuk. Have you ever read the book of Habakkuk? If you haven't, it's okay. I'm not going to call you out. But you should sometime. Because he only writes three chapters. He's a prophet to Israel. And he's prophesying in a time when Israel is about to die as a nation. Their sins have brought them to the place of God's judgment. Their sins have brought them to the place where God is going to send an oppressor to try to bring them back to him. And in Habakkuk chapter 3, first in verse chapter 1, he says, Lord, how long are you going to tolerate this? How long is it going to go on? And then God tells him, I'm sending the Babylonians. They're going to be my instrument to bring repentance to the nation of Israel. And then verse chapter 3, verses 17 and 18, he says, Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, so the labor of the olive may fail, and the fields yield no fruit. May the flock be cut off from the fold, and there's no herd in the stalls. Are you ready for this? Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength, and he will make my feet like deer's feet and cause me to walk on high heels. Oh, somebody, hills, hills, not heels. Boy, I better stop that right now. That's not an injunction for all you ladies to wear high heels. On high hills, we need to understand that even when things are against us, when circumstances are bad, there is a promise that the joy of the Lord will abide within you. When your teens are in rebellion, when your adult children turn from God, when your husband leaves, when your wife leaves, when the diagnosis is bad, when you don't know what to do, when you have more bills than money, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Do you know what Habakkuk said? He said, even when there is no produce in the land, even when the trees don't bear, 
There's no sheep in the stall. There's no cattle in the barn. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. Somebody ought to shout amen. I will rejoice in the Lord. That's great news. And the Lord God is my strength, he goes on to say. You say, well, that's just one scripture. Well, let me give you a couple more, okay? You can read it in Psalm chapter 94, verse 19 from the Amplified Bible. In the multitude of my anxious thoughts within me, your comfort cheers and delights my soul. Did you catch that? When I'm all twisted up on the inside, your comfort cheers and delights my soul. How about Psalm 119, verse 111? Everything you speak to me is like joyous treasure, filling my life with gladness. Not enough, let's try another one then. How about John 15, 11? Jesus said, these things I've spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. How about Galatians 5, 22 and 23? For the fruit of the Spirit is, for the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. As against such there is no law. Did you see it? The third one in the line? It's joy. See, if you're living with God and Holy Spirit is guiding and directing you and you're growing in Him, then the natural outproduct, the natural outgrowth of that relationship is the joy of the Lord. Well, that's amazing, isn't it? There are way too many mule-faced Christians. If you don't know what that means, you'll have to look it up. I don't have time to explain it. Way too many who don't understand the power of the joy of the Lord. You may not have a smile on your face, but you can have the joy in your heart. And there will come a time when what you're facing will pass away, when what you're dealing with will be in the rearview mirror. What you're worried and anxious about today is no longer relevant in your life, and the joy of the Lord will sustain you through those times. He will keep you. John described the incarnation in John 1.14. Let's look at that scripture one more time. He says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. He described the incarnation in that first phrase, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Same as Luke writing, his name shall be called Emmanuel, God with us. Same as the angels announcing to the shepherds, in a stable in Bethlehem, you will find the Christ child. We need to understand today, this is great news. Jesus chose to abandon his place in heaven, to assume the skin of man and live among us. I don't know if you really understand how significant that is. That Jesus chose to become one of us, to identify with us, to live a life that was free from sin, to die a substitutionary death on the cross, that means he died for you. He took the punishment for your sins upon himself. And then on the third day, he rose again from the dead. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. That's a powerful, powerful statement from the word of God. The word became flesh. He chose to live among us. He put on skin just like you and I. 
He walked just like you and I. He lived just like you and I. It was flesh and blood just like you and I. So when we think about the fact that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we think about the fact that His coming was good news of great joy to all men, then we have to realize we have reasons to be filled with joy. I'm going to give you two this morning, and then I'm going to quit. We need to understand we have joy because God came to us. So there's a common misconception in the church that once I come to Christ, oh yeah, it's a free gift, I understand that, Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, I get that. But then I've got to continue to earn that gift. I've got to work for that gift. I've got to be good enough for that gift. May I tell you, you may be redeemed, but you're still not good enough to receive what God has for us. We are sinful people. We make mistakes. We fall. But it's good news to know that in those times, there is still a Savior who loves us, who cares for us, who has redeemed us, who's going to pick us up and set our feet on the rock and get us out of that miry clay. There is a Savior who will come to you in those times of failure and fault and lift you up and renew you and restore you. Oh, come on. It's not something you earn something you receive. It's a gift. Joy is a gift to all people. But if we live in a place where we think our salvation and our eternal destiny is tied to our physical works, we'll always be disappointed. We'll always be frustrated. But when we understand that God saved me through Jesus Christ. He's filled me with His Holy Spirit. And through His Holy Spirit, I've been given power and might and ability to do the things He's called me to do. It moves it from the realm of what you can do to the realm of what He can do. And that's where God works. That's where God shows up. When we understand it's not my talent, it's not my ability, it's Him. By the way, side note, okay? If you weren't here Wednesday night, you need to go back and you need to watch that service at allnationstallahassee.com. Pastor Leo preached a great word. But you know what I loved? One more time, now we have a singing preacher in the house. It was wonderful. I loved it. Good stuff. Don't stop. I told him this morning, it's been years since this church had a singing preacher. Years. We got one now, Amen. The joy of the Lord is my strength. When I'm thinking about the joy of the Lord and the mess we can make of our lives and God coming back in to renew us, even though we're doing it in His name, sometimes we mess up. I remember when my youngest daughter Katie was probably, I don't know, seven, eight years old, something like that. She knew how to read, knew how to write. I had a ritual on Saturday evenings. I always went to bed early, but before I went to bed, I polished my boots every Saturday night to a high-gloss shine. My kids at one point or another had all helped me with that process. They thought it was pretty cool. And I can remember one Saturday evening, I came in, I'd been at the church. Katie's door was closed, and there was a note on the door. Dad, don't come in. I'm doing something for you. I honored that, went to the bedroom, and I saw that my shoe polish kit had been removed from the closet. I thought, uh-oh, here we go. I knocked on the door, and she opened it. 
There was black shoe polish covering both hands. She had a streak on her face. It was on her clothes. I looked around. She had dropped some on the floor. She had made a complete mess doing something for me because she loved me. Did I reprimand her? No, I didn't. I took her in my arms and I said, Katie, that's the best job I've ever seen, polishing my shoes. Thank you so very much. Hear me. Sometimes when we're doing what God asks us to do, we fall a little, little short. We don't quite get there. He isn't going to slap you upside the head. He's going to pull you in his arms. He's going to renew you and restore you. He's going to say, there is a path. I see what you've done. Even though it's not perfect, I'm going to give you the strength to carry on. Somebody needs to hear that this morning. All you've ever heard from the church is gloom, despair, agony, judgment on me. I've come to tell you, we serve a God that brings joy into our lives. Life can look like a messy disaster, but the joy of the Lord overcomes it all. Joy is at the heart of Christmas because knowing that we can never make it to Him... God came to us. Christianity is the only world religion where divinity became humanity to reach humanity. The only one, think about that. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. It's good news of great joy to all mankind. Jesus came to reach us. Paul makes this so empathetically, and I've used this scripture already, but I'm using it again. Romans 5.8, he said that God demonstrates his love towards us in that while we are yet sinners, Christ died for us. I'm here to tell you this morning, there is no one else in this world that's going to die for you. But Jesus did. I may look at you and say, nah, not worth it. Not interested. You may look at someone else and say, nah, they don't measure up to the standard. If only did this, 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 and this, then maybe I would die for them. But Christ died for you and me when we were separated from God, enemies with God, cut off from God, cursing God, aliens from God. He died for us that we might know him. Powerful thing. The word became flesh and dwelt among us, and Jesus gave his life for you and me. I've got news for you. There is not a naughty list and a nice list in the kingdom of God. You don't have to strive to earn that place because you live for him. You've accepted him as your Lord and Savior. You're filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. It's not about your naughty or nice stuff. It's about his grace, his mercy, and his joy filling your life. The grace of God is offered to us generously. Without any price, without any strings, because we can't afford it. We can't earn it. We can't buy it. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's why this story brings joy to our hearts. That's why the angel's announcement would bring joy to all the world, to anyone who accepts Christ as his Lord and Savior. Because a long-awaited Messiah had come. Tom, will you return? God came to rescue us through the person of Jesus Christ. And number two, God loves us just the way we are, but he doesn't leave us that way. Somebody say, thank God. 
Thank God for transformation. Thank God that I've been changed. Thank God I'm not the man or woman I used to be. Thank God that those things I used to do have passed away. Thank God I'm living a new life, a new hope. Thank God I've got a new future, a new destiny. Oh, thank God I'm not where I once was. That God loves me so much, just like I am, but he won't leave me that way. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. Let me ask you, are you born again? Have you been redeemed by the blood of Christ? Then you need to understand all that old man is gone and Christ has created you a new man, a new heart, a new desire, a new vision, a new direction. Galatians 5, 16 and 17, Paul continued to write, said, I say then walk in the spirit and you'll not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another. So that you do not do the things that you wish. What's the answer? To living as a new man? Walk in the spirit, not in the flesh. Crucify that old man every single day. And let the new man rise in the power of the Holy Ghost and follow Jesus Christ. See, the key to understanding abiding joy is simply this. When Jesus came, he came full of grace. The Greek word is charis. It means favor, kindness, a gift or a blessing. And like a gift that's wrapped from another person that brings joy to us, this gift brings joy for all eternity. We haven't earned it. We don't deserve it. But God offers it to us when we recognize it and fills us with joy. It says he also came full of truth. The word John used here is aletheia. And that word means divine reality revealed to man. Oh, I like that. Divine reality revealed to man. So hear me. Jesus holds grace in this hand and truth in this hand. And he said, whoever comes to me will receive grace. They'll receive the ability to be forgiven. And then they'll receive truth that will guide and direct their lives. Truth that becomes the anchor, the cornerstone of their lives. 1 John 4, 9, the Bible says, In this, the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through him. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. You see, friend, in order to live a joyful life, you've got to have that grace and that truth moving within you. And when you do, it sparks joy in your life, regardless of your circumstances. You know, there's been times in the past where my heart may have been full of joy, but it didn't notify my face. You ever been that way? All of us have, if we're honest. 
but we don't stop, we don't quit, we don't turn aside from what God has asked us to do because we understand the joy of the Lord will sustain me. The joy of the Lord will keep me. The joy of the Lord will strengthen me. And it doesn't matter what's out here. I'm receiving from up here a joy that is unending and overflowing and inexpressible that is my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. See, joy is the result of grace. It's a word that shows up a lot in our churches. But what we need to understand, there is a grace to be saved and there is a grace to live. And if you don't also receive the grace to live, in other words, the power of the Holy Ghost in your life, you're not going to have much joy. Your joy and your happiness will be circumstance dependent. When I think about grace and truth, when I think about the fact that God has promised us joy through those two things, my mind goes back to the scripture. And reminded in John chapter four about the woman at the well who had had five husbands and the man she was living with was not her husband. Yet Jesus shared truth with her that brought grace which enlightened her and she went back into the city and said, come and see the man who's told me everything I have done. He is the Messiah. Revelation occurred. Truth, revelation occurred. Divinity was revealed to her. I think of the woman that the Pharisees brought, caught her in the very act of adultery. She was probably standing there naked in front of Jesus. He began to write in the sand and one by one her accusers left and when they're all gone, he said to her, woman, where are your accusers? And she said, there are none. And then he said, neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. Divine truth revealed in the moment that changed a life. Some in this room today, some online today, need divine truth revealed in your life. And when you find that truth, when you receive that truth, when you walk through that door of grace, then the joy of the Lord becomes your strength, sustains you and keeps you. I know I'm talking to people in this room and online today that'll watch today and in the future, that you're in the trenches. You're thinking, I don't think I'm gonna make it. My life is so upside down. I'm confused. I'm living in constant chaos. I don't have an answer. People who are so bound in the grip of sin that you can't even begin to think that God would forgive you because man won't forgive you. Well, I've got news for you. Even when man refuses to forgive, God never does. Whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. So this morning I bring you good news of great joy to everyone under the sound of my voice. Good news of great joy. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. We beheld His glory, the glorious of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and full of truth. Stand to your feet with me this morning, please. You're in this room today. I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand, so just be ready, okay? 
and you've thought God can't forgive you, you're too far away from Him, too distant, you've done too many things that are wrong. No way God could forgive me. That's you. Would you just raise your hand high? I'm going to pray for you this morning. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Others. God can forgive you. I've come to tell you, He wants to forgive you. He's given you grace and truth through Jesus Christ so that you can receive divine revelation of God's will for your life. Father, I pray for these who lifted their hand, and I pray now your Holy Spirit will bring to them assurance that as we confess our sins, you forgive us our sins. And not only forgive us, but you cleanse us from that unrighteous act. Do that in the hearts and lives of these individuals this morning. You're in this room today, secondly. You say, my joy has been circumstantial. It's been dependent upon what I see, what I feel, what I encounter. This morning, I want to step into the place where the joy of the Lord is my strength. And I want Him to move afresh and anew in my life. That's you. Raise your hand high. Raise your hand high. Yes, others across the room. Yes, others. Others. God's talking to you. He's drawing you. In an email I sent out Wednesday, I said, if you have ever been healed divinely or through the help of medicine, I want you to prepare to come on Sunday morning. You remember that? So I'm talking to you if you've ever been healed. Healed in your body, healed in your mind, healed in your spirit, healed in your relationships in any way. If you've ever been touched by God, whether it be through His divine touch or because he gave doctors the wisdom to help you become whole. Either way, I don't care. You've been healed. Step out and come. I want you to stand along the front and face the, the congregation. Come on, you've been healed. I'm going to step down here myself. Hallelujah. Praise you, Father. Praise you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Spread out all across the front. One single line. Hallelujah. You've been healed. I'll tell you a story. Most of you know that about 11 and a half months ago, I had a very serious motorcycle accident. A lot of injuries. After a couple of months, uh, most everything had healed up. But then I started having issues in my neck and my middle back. I was diagnosed with a uh, herniated disc in my neck and one in the middle of my back. Went through all types of therapy and treatment, nothing helped. Finally came to the place where I had an MRI done. I was expecting for them to say, we need to do surgery. But when we went to see the surgeon on Thursday, they said, we've reviewed your MRI. There are no herniations of any disc whatsoever. There is no need for any surgery. You say, well, I must have misread it originally. No, between the time I was diagnosed until then, God did something in this physical body. And it's not the first time. My life hasn't been easier, gentle. I've had so many injuries, six major surgeries since we've been here on my joints. 
But I'm here to tell you, no matter what's in front of me, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Someone said, how have you stayed here for 10 years? Because the joy of the Lord is my strength. And I'm going to do what he's called me to do until he tells me to stop. So you're out here this morning and you need prayer. Or maybe and you're in this line and you have another need and you need prayer. If that's the case, just step forward. If you're here this morning, you need prayer. Come right now. Come right now. Ushers, would you bring the elements of communion? Distribute them here across the front first and then to the congregation. You're in this room this morning and you need healing in your body. Maybe you're already standing in this line. God's done something for you, but you need another work of God. Just take a step forward. We're going to pray for you. Or you're sitting out here. Yes, Dr. Davis. Nick, would you go to Dr. Davis? Brenda, would you go to Dr. Davis? Right over there, Brenda. We're going to pray for her. Step right on forward if you need prayer this morning. We're going to pray. The ushers are distributing the elements of communion. Communion reminds us of what Jesus has done for us. It reminds us that the price has been paid, the account has been settled because of Jesus Christ. And regardless of what we need, we have hope in Him that brings joy into our lives. You made it to the end of the message, and now what? Is God leading you to make a change? Are you needing a good church home where you can grow and help others grow as you fulfill your part in the body of Christ? Then we invite you to join us at All Nations Church on Sharer Road in Tallahassee, a multicultural church founded on the truth of God's Word and the power of the Holy Spirit. Our Sunday morning service is at 1030 and Wednesday night service at 7, plus youth group and kid power and small groups and more. For more information, visit our website, allnationstallahassee.com.